I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com from an undisclosed location. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick, it's Star Wars Day. Or would it would it be considered Star Wars Day on Thursday? Star Wars Day is technically May the 4th, but I know what you mean. Get out of here. It's Star Wars Day. Nick and I have seen it, so we're about to spoil all of it in the next five minutes. We have not so, seen it. We don't work for ESPN. <laughs> I'm just kidding. People get super salty when we try to spoil things. We don't try to. We haven't spoiled anything in a long time. No. We haven't really Nick, spoiled anything except for 13 know, Reasons Nick. Why Season 2. That was the only thing I ever spoiled on this show. It feels like it was like three years ago. Could have been. It could have been. Anyway... Yes, Star Wars comes out tonight at midnight. I'm sure a lot of you are going to see that movie. I'm not, so don't tweet at me spoilers or I'll block you. <sighs> the Mavericks lost. Wah, wah. The, the Mavericks did lose. They lost a game against the Boston Celtics with Kemba Walker going off. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum doing their thing. was. This is sort of... Kind of what we expected the Mavericks to be without Luka, but there are some good moments in this game. So the Mavericks lose 103 to 109. We will break down that game. We will talk all about that. Porzingis had some amazing moments in this game. Uh, and so Curry had some great moments in this game too. We'll talk about those. Um, but before we do that, Isaac, a lot of people have sent in our five-star iTunes reviews and we haven't gotten to them quick enough. And so we're about a month behind right now <laughs> on these Dang. five-star iTunes reviews. But there's just so many of them. So this is one from Oscar. He says, do you think it could be a good idea to get some experienced player to calm the team on the floor? I think about Marcus All. He can also shoot. Thanks. And I want to talk about this whole idea of, you know, we have the beacon for J.J. Barea uh, and bringing in some more veteran players for moments like this, for maybe games like this. What do you think about Oscar's idea to maybe make a trade for another veteran player or to maybe play J.J. more? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been – it kind of answers itself in a, in a little bit of when we say, hey, I, th- I think they need another piece. And, you know, somebody tweeted us today, and it was a valid question, but there's an in-between of this. And somebody tweeted at both of us and said, hey, in the same breath that you guys are saying they they need they need another piece, they're missing a piece, you're also saying they shouldn't swing and, you know, jack up this whole roster, swing big for a bigger piece. And I think there's a middle ground to that. I think you can still be a piece away, but not have to swing big either. I don't think the piece has to be a massive piece. And do I think Iguodala for something um, very small on the roster, does I think that make us a, a, a title contending team? I don't know, but it's a type of move like that. I still think they need a piece like that. And yeah, we talk about Iguodala a lot because he's on the block. He's a guy that we know is on the block. And he just, that type of personality, that type of experience, I think it would um, be huge for this Mavs team in these close games like this and just paired up with Luca and be able to just, yeah, I, I do. I do think they need, this has been my one thing. This I've been on, on this heel since the beginning of the season that they need Hill. a veteran guy. What? You said you've been on this heel and it's like you're, you, you made a heel turn. Like you're oh, the, the villain. I've been on this hill. I've been this heel. 
but yeah, somebody more than JJ. JJ, yeah, like you said, we have this like light the beacon type of thing for for JJ for these uh, just sporadic moments in certain games. I want a veteran that's a part of the rotation that's in there night in night out uh, that can log heavy minutes. You know, with these young guys. Yeah, and I think a game like this it would be really helpful just to be able to write the ship, to be able to you know slow down some some things on the offense feel like guys rush rush a lot of shots and and run into you know sort of run into brick walls and things on offense just to and maybe even just for the the huddles too I'm sure JJ Barea is doing his part but you know just to have another player like you said that is contributing that is in the rotation that can you know talk things out with players I think could be really important Uh, and I think this game sort of highlighted it yeah, and somebody mentioned somebody. You know, we're getting a lot of tweets right now about trade stuff, whatever, and DMs, whatever. And um, Marcus Gasol's name's been brought up and say, "Hey, look what Toronto did!" And they went out and got Marcus Gasol last year. That was like their final piece, and all. Yes, on paper, someone like a Gasol. It's just really hard to find those type of guys. It was a unique situation. Marcus Gasol was kind of on an expiring deal. He had a player option, you know, to pick up, but. You know, he was on that that bad team in Memphis. They're kind of they're definitely not going to be in the playoffs. So, you know, they they were looking to you know help him out too. It's just you 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 never find somebody at his level normally on that type of deal. And then Toronto jumped on that. So it's hard to find those type of guys. Whether if you want to say it's a Gallinari type that on a bigger number, still a quality guy, a uh, veteran presence, but it's not going to cost you a ton either. It's just hard to find those situations like a Mark Gasol for every, you know, playoff contending team. Yeah. And a lot of people sent me trade stuff today too. Uh, and my thing with the trade is it has to be the right piece. I'm not, I don't want to just make it. A lot of times we just suggest trades to make trades, right? And, but to, to mess up this team right now, it would have to be the right piece. It would have to be, you know, a Drew Holiday. It would have to be a guy that is a definite upgrade at a position of need, you know, that the Mavericks, you know, would really want. And hopefully the contract works out too. You know, swinging for somebody like LaMarcus Aldridge or swinging for somebody like even Steven Adams for me. I just don't know if that's the the right piece for this team. But uh, maybe I could be talked into that. So, all right. That was just a, a question I thought maybe could we could pull back and, uh, and talk about this game as well. Uh, related to Oscar's question. If you haven't out there, submit a five-star iTunes review. We surpassed 400 five-star iTunes reviews, so we appreciate everybody doing that. It helps people discover us. So whenever you search Mavs, Mavericks, you know, uh, Dallas Mavs, like Luca, anything on, you know, on Apple Podcasts, which is by far the number one used podcast source, then people find us more, and we're the number one that comes up. And that's that's why. We, we need those Ratings so that people can find us when they're looking for Mavs podcasts. So when people say it helps us a lot, if you could do that, that's why. That's the whole idea. Yeah. So uh, bigness of podcasts also helps <laughs> for sure. So, all right, let's get into let's get into this game. Kristaps Porzingis. Let's start there. Twenty three points, thirteen boards, two assists, a, one steal, and at least three blocks. I think yes, he should no. probably have five or six blocks in this game because he had a, he had one possession where I think he got three and then he had another possession on Kemba where he blocked it with his elbow and they didn't count it. And uh, he was just altering shots all over the rim. He was scoring in ways that we hadn't seen him. He had two assists in this game. I think he had two assists in the first quarter. He had a drive and kick that is just like remarkable. You go back in history and you're like, who could do this that's seven foot three or that's over seven foot that you can drive? He drove from the top of the key to the left block 
and then turned around like he was going to shoot it, like do a turnaround jumper. But instead, he threw a cross court pass to to uh, somebody on the on the right Hardaway. wing, Hardaway on the right wing. And it's uh, easy to remember Hardaway's made shots. Yeah, so. and he hit the he hit maybe the one shot he hit all night. And uh, man, I just thought that was an incredible play from Porzingis. Well, what do you think about his game tonight? Yeah, I feel like his. I need to look at the numbers on this before I say definitive on this. But I feel like his drives have gotten better as far as they, they at least look better, right? Like, he, like they look the better, word yes. that I kept using last night was drive. He's driving with force. Like it's just a different kind of drive. A lot of times before at the beginning of the season, he was driving and sort of looked lackadaisical. It looked like he was trying to get there. You know, his shoulders would kind of go up and down, like he was kind of galloping. But instead of just like a straight line drive, know where you're going, like have a definitive plan in your head and drive and, and be willing to take contact. I felt like his drives, he, he was doing that as well. So they at least look better, even if maybe statistically they might not be. Yeah, that's it. They look better. I think his decision making on those drives have gotten better. Um, you know, passing and scoring wise on that one thing that I did chuckle uh, at was his lob attempts to Dwight Powell. <laughs> he tried four <laughs> or five times to, to, to connect with Powell on a lob. You're not Luca, bud. Sorry. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I appreciate it, but uh, gotta work on that. But no, yeah, I think you're you're seeing, especially just over the past couple of games, you're watching these past two games and you're saying, all right, you're at least playing really good basketball. And it's he could have shrunk in the moment with Luca being out, and he, he seems like he's getting more and more comfortable uh, in the system, and the system still rolling with you know with him in it. We talked about that on yesterday's podcast of you know where they're going to change up the system for Porzingis and stuff. But I, I will say this: I, I'm I'm going to brag. I'll brag on him because I think he had a good game and stuff. But I still want more. And I still want more because I still don't like the fact, and I was texting Nick about it during the game, I still don't like the fact that the Celtics can roll out Jalen Brown on a 7-3 Porzingis, and like they continue with that. I want to reach a point, and it, hopefully it does come, I want to reach a point to where, one, teams don't even try to put a guy like Jalen Brown, a 6'6", 6'7", guy, if that, on, on Porzingis, on, you know, on him at, at the beginning of the game, let alone for most of the game. And there was a couple plays tonight. Yeah, I mean, it was great. He shot right over him one time. I tweeted out a video of it. He had the other play to where he, you know, he did the, the spin move and dunked it one hand. I mean, that's great. And those were awesome. But that's something that should be happening all the time when you have that height advantage over a guy like that. And so I want to see whether this is just him still getting into his groove and back into you know not playing for so long. But I'm still not comfortable, and I don't think I'm going to be in a comfortable spot come playoff time if teams can still roll out 6'7", 6'6", 6'8", guys on him from the opening tip and feel comfortable about it. Yeah, that's definitely something that we're going to have to watch out for. Let's keep talking about Borzingis, talk about some of the good things, maybe some of the concerning things we saw in this game coming up after this. All right, Isaac, you mentioned Porzingis, you know, the, the post-ups. He, he did have some positive plays, though. I think at the beginning of the season also, in the, in the same vein as the, the driving, when somebody would be on him like a Drew Holiday or, you know, Lonzo Ball. Why are the Pelicans the only names that are coming to my head? But, you know, a smaller guard would be on Porzingis, you know, in the post. And he just wouldn't be able to finish around them, finish over them, and he didn't really even attempt it. He just kind of stopped. At least against Jalen Brown, who is a really good defender, really long, good defender. You know, he he held his ground when a lot of guys tried to drive into him. Like they they throw the shoulder into his chest a little bit. He doesn't really move. He can really stand his ground. Like he's a solid defender. I'm gonna give him credit for gonna give him credit mm-hmm. there. But 
Porzingis should be finishing over the top of him. The, the turnaround and jumper, he just wasn't hitting those at the beginning of the season. And he hit one in this game. He had the post up where he, he spun, like you said, and, and dunked it with one hand. Porzingis has to be able to, to, to finish those more often. I think part of the problem is where he gets the ball. That one post, he was pretty deep. The turnaround jumper, he was also pretty deep. When he gets it out around the free throw line, that's where he's still kind of lost and doesn't really know what to do at that point. Uh, or is is reluctant to do some things with the ball at that point. Uh, and so I think where he gets it sort of matters, especially against a guy like Jalen Brown. Yeah, and, and it kind of goes back to just like the system stuff. I think Jonathan Jarks had a really good piece with the ringer uh, that kind of, you know, knew this type of piece was coming. It Charks, friend of the podcast, friend of ours and stuff. And yeah. just, um, <laughs> sorry, I just got a funny text about the thing that happened in the press conference. After oh, we'll the talk about the thing that happened in the <laughs> press conference. Uh, well, we'll talk about it to an extent, but the, where was I even talking about? Cause this, you're talking about sharks and the piece was coming about Porzingis okay, being okay. a giant shooting guard. Yeah. About how he's the seven foot three clay Thompson right now for Dallas and just how they're using him in that type of mold and stuff. And, um, I don't forgot this whole this. Clay Thompson also well. shot really bad from three to start the season last year, so he's following right in the <laughs> right in the footsteps of it. But yeah, Porzingis has not been acting like a big man; he's been acting like a shooting guard, really. And yes, yes. What, okay, and that's what that's what I was going for. If, you know, when you see somebody like Kevin Durant or in a, a typical offensive system, or even like right now, when a guy like Jalen Brown gets switched off onto Porzingis. That's something you stop the whole play and say, all right, get down on the post and, and feed him the ball and go to work. But right now, that's either one, not the system. Two, it's not efficient basketball for Porzingis and stuff. And I want to I want us to reach a point as a team to say, hey, if you're going to, whoever you are out there, if you're going to put a guy that's under 6'10 or under 6'9 on Porzingis, then it's an automatic post up because Porzingis can shoot right over the top of you. He can go to work and take advantage of that. I want Dallas to reach a point, reach that point at some point. Yeah, that that's going to be this this next step. For Porzingis, I think him being able to get his own shot, him being able to score himself, I think that is really uh, it's really connected to that, and it's connected to the Mavs taking a next step. If the Mavericks can't make a trade, which we've been over, <laughs> we've been overly maybe uh, downplaying and, and dumping water on the fact that the Mavericks probably couldn't make a huge trade to get a big third piece. The third piece is Porzingis just improving all around and becoming that that All Star level player that he was with the Knicks. Like that's what that's where the ceiling for the Mavericks raises. The Mavericks bench kind of raises their floor. Luka obviously raises their ceiling and their floor, but Borzingis raises the ceiling a lot, especially if he can get, you know, it improve on, on when he was an all-star and we know that he can do things like that. And it's kind of frustrating to see Porzingis succeed in those areas and then, you know, like a couple minutes later just like pass out of a post up like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like man, you can and, ju- you can keep doing that. And and this is just you know, this is just me being greedy. I, I'm I have two sides of this. I'm being greedy because I want more, but I'm also realizing that hey, he's still getting fully integrated. I get it. He looks yeah. more comfortable. I think you can watch this game and be happy with Porzingis's play and yeah. say, man, he had a good game. Like I'm, this is a positive sign. I like this. If you want to come away with a positive takeaway from this game, that Porzingis is getting more comfortable in this. I think, but it's twofold in the sense of. We also see this. We've seen a level that he's been at before in New York, and we see a handful of plays tonight at home against Boston 
that you're like, dang, why does he do that all the time? I want this all the time. So you get a little greedy with it. And I, I get that. My wife is a school teacher, elementary school teacher, and she has some of these kids that they will act crazy a lot of the time. But then one random day, they'll just be really well behaved. And you're like, why don't you just do that all the time? Like, why can't you just be what, like, you have the capacity, you have the ability, you know that you should be, you know, behaving better. But most of the time, like, you just act crazy and do things and throw things. And, like, there's all this. And it's kind of like that for Porzingis. Like, we've seen it. Like, like Avery came home one day and she's like, I saw it. I know that he can behave. I know that this kid can do this, you know? Yeah. And it's the same with us for Porzingis. We're holding him to a higher level because we know he has the capacity to get there. He's the unicorn. He can do all these things. And I'm overall positive with this game. I'm not taking many negatives from this game besides the fact that he fouled out. Uh, a couple of those fouls. You know, we're not going to complain about the refs. It's not what, that's not what we do on this podcast, Isaac. We don't complain about. <laughs> what did that person's tweet the other day to us about how we, it was somehow we talked about the refs? Or... Oh, it was sarcastic to us uh, how we say that we don't talk about the refs when we actually do. Oh, that was the pod we argued about the two minute report thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. <laughs> we do now. We do now because the Mavericks are good. Um, but he fouled out. Another thing from Porzingis: ten minutes, thirty three seconds in the fourth quarter, four shots, only hit one. Scored two points. That's that's where you need more Porzingis too. Like that's where you're, you're feeling a lot of these these negatives that we're taking. Like channel them all in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we really need yeah. more of Porzingis in that time. If you're going to play almost the entire fourth quarter, now maybe it's fatigue. Maybe he's you know not fresh at the end of the game. Who knows? He his rotation's been a little off in this game since since Luca's been out. But you need more of him in the fourth quarter for sure. Especially if he's your max player, go to scorer. Can I also make a vote for another guy like more in the fourth quarter? Because that's Seth Curry. I don't, I didn't understand fully why Seth didn't play. I know I, I get that he played 25 minutes tonight, but he had 20 points in those 25 minutes. I feel like they went long stretches without him, especially some of these stretches where they just didn't have any type of scoring in that, and it seemed like it was just uh, it, the offense got stagnant. I was kind of, side note, I was kind of surprised no J.J. Barea tonight. I almost tweeted out the beacon at one point yeah. saying, hey, we kind of need him. There are a few moments. What, that is I the beacon, we could... what is the beacon for? Is the beacon for us to say we're calling for J.J. Barea or that J.J. Barea is about to check in? Is it both? <sighs> is it a twofold beacon? Should we have two beacons? Well, when we first talked about it, I think it was, hey, we're going to tweet this out when we think J.J. should be coming in. But because it, that's what you do with Batman, because the the beacon is and our our guy, uh, Jimmy, is that Jimmy, it? yeah, yeah, our guy Jimmy made this, and <laughs> the beacon is is a Batman symbol, right? It's like the Batman like l- light that shines in the sky. So that's what you do when you call Batman in, yeah, right. You don't do that when Batman shows up. Like Batman shows up, and then you shine the light. That would that's be true. We should start using it for when we think JJ should come in. Yeah, that's what agreed. But going back to Seth, I, I thought Seth. <laughs> I shot. I thought Seth should have played more than what he did. Okay, when Luca's out, I looked up what Lou Williams, as far as just minutes played, field goal attempts looks like for the Clippers. While Luca's out, I want Seth to hit that thirty-minute mark, at least fifteen shots a game. That's what Lou Williams is at right now, coming off the bench for the Clippers. I would love to see Seth Curry at that right now. He played 25 tonight, and it felt like he should have played more. He, he attempted 13 you know, shots tonight. He went 8, for, eight of 13, 4 of 8 from 3, 50% from 3. And, and so, for me, that's what I want from him as long as Luka's not out there. And you know who's getting that right now is Tim Hardaway Jr. 30 minutes for him. Uh, took 17 shots, only hit 4 
of his 17 shots. Three of them were threes. He had two free throws. Uh, man, I, 13 points for him, but man, I thought it was a rough game for him. Uh, I just felt like he, I felt like he was just off. Not yeah. super. I wasn't super disappointed with all the shots that he took. That's been the whole thing with Tim Hardaway Jr. What's his shot selection look like? I didn't. I didn't really see a ton where I said, "Oh, dang, don't take that shot." It was a bunch of wide open, felt like catch and shoot threes that he didn't hit. Um, and that one towards the end of the fourth was kind of the cherry on top of. He was wide open. I think if he made that, that would have cut it to what four or five. Yeah. It was huge, but yeah, I mean, this is two games in a row. He hasn't shot the ball well. He hasn't played particularly well, and uh, don't want to draw any huge conclusions from that. I, I think he's played so well over the past three weeks that he deserves a few more games before yeah. we start putting him under the microscope a little bit more. It, it is the worry with Tim Hardaway Jr., though. Streaky scorer, streaky shooter. I mean, that that's yes. that's the been his thing his whole career. So you get the highs of the, the two weeks where we're like, man, Tim Hardaway Jr., can he be the third piece? Is he, is he the guy? And I think we even kind of warned during that streak, like, hey, this is you know this is kind of the thing with Tim Hardaway Jr., that he'll play you know super high and be really good, but be cautiously optimistic because – then it can come back down. So yeah, I agree with you though. Leave leave it a couple more games. Uh, you know, two bad games doesn't make a bad player, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Takes more than that. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of the other things in this game. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. The the let's talk about the Celtics a little bit, and uh, we have to we have to mention everybody. Get your spreadsheets out. It's tax season. All right, Isaac. Other things that stuck out in this game. Oh, what did you think about Jalen Brunson? Ten, another double-double, 10 points, 11 rebounds in this game. Or 11, 11 rebounds. 11 assists in this game. Hit three turnovers. Felt like he had more than that. Uh, he was a minus 12 for the game in, in his minutes, which was kind of interesting. Uh, four of 13 from the field. Felt like he forced a, a bunch of stuff again driving into the paint. The, the Celtics' wings are just so good at containing drivers like I just felt like they were they were so good at any time that he drove into the lane that there was a body between him and the basket you just couldn't get around those guys and even if you did they're long enough to alter the shot on the, on the other end of it yeah I mean the thing is it, it does feel at times he does force some things you know he had those three turnovers two of them came back to back you know they're late in the fourth and you know they had a bigger spotlight of them um I think Mark Jackson even said Whoa. Can you make oh. a note for us to mention something about Mark Jackson? Yeah, uh, after you're done talking about Jalen, let's talk about it. Okay. And, uh, but I, I think it is another thing to look at and say all of Luca's shots have to go somewhere. And yeah. if, you know, Porzingis, you know, Porzingis, you know, shot at 19 times, Tim Hardaway 17. And then after that, you're looking at Seth and Brunson at 13 apiece. And so, yeah, I, I think at times we look at it and say, hey, these are the shots that Luca gets running, running that role and that role in the offense. But this obviously isn't Luca. So it looks like it's definitely more forced and all that. And yeah, I think his decision making, it's kind of twofold. I don't think he's been horrible, but I don't think he's been, you know, absolutely spectacular either i think he he's been playing good especially at the beginning of the game i thought he started off the game incredible i tweeted about how good of basketball player he is and he's just such a smart guy and stuff coming off a big award too uh, i think it was sporting week that named him the best collegiate athlete of the decade which is i think crazy. it was from villanova i think villanova named him the the, the bet their best athlete of the decade i thought it was a national thing but that could be me though Sorry. We both definitely read the article that was connected to that story. Um, 
Anyway, um, well, with Jalen Brunson, you know, it's the same thing I said after what was it, the Miami game? You live by the Brunson, you die by the Brunson. Like he's gonna, he's gonna do some incredible things. He does a lot of the things well that you want a point guard to do. But then you're also gonna deal with some of the mistakes, some of the turnovers. Still a young player, and uh, and yeah, he's not gonna be able to. Man, some of the passes that he can throw are just crazy. Yeah. They're so creative. He had the pass in the the Bucks game. He had a pass in this game where he's driving. And he fly, he jumps and flies through the air and does a chest pass in the air <laughs> instead of like a bouncer, a one hander or something. He threw like a, a floating chest pass, which I thought was just a creative pass. And uh, yeah, he has some just awesome plays like that. And then you have the bad plays like that. Like, and uh, and he turnovers. obviously struck struggle guarding you know Kimba Walker. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Kimba's Kimba, and you know Kimba had sixteen there in the first quarter, and but then Kimba scored like three points over the next two quarters, and it was the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum show. Which man, if you're a Boston fan, you have to be excited about that wing duo there in Boston, and just Brown and Tatum and all those guys. But you asked me this question before, and I've. Who is at the bigger disadvantage going into this game? Dallas without Luka, Boston without Hayward, and Marcus Smart. I still land that it's Dallas without Luka. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this, Gordon Hayward's been playing decently well, but I guess replacing those two players, that the Celtics have more guys to step up than I think the Mavericks do without Luka. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the big difference. Also, Luka, who was at the game, received yeah. his Western Conference Player of the Month award, and got up a decent amount of shots before the game. That's a heck of a sign uh, for considering the how the in- injury looked and all the speculation and all the stuff about how long he's going to be out and stuff. It's definitely a good sign that Luca's out there before the game getting up a bunch of shots and stuff. So, good sign. I definitely. think he's traveling with the team coming up soon. Traveling with the team, but they said highly unlikely that he plays in those games. I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking two weeks, so... That's yeah. definitely highly unlikely. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Sporting News, Collegiate Basketball Player of the Decade. Let's go. By the Sporting News. So shout out Is to that you. what I said or no? That is what you said. Well, not athlete, but basketball player. So just oh, okay, they okay, okay. narrowed it down a little more. But yeah, essentially. Um, um, what about Rowdy B? No, 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 no. I mentioned before, and you, you told me to bring this up. Oh, okay, okay. These national broadcast games. No, oh, my God. Are... Can we talk about? There's so many how, things. We how can, late they are because we got work. To, yeah, <laughs> there's so many things we can talk about. But Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle calls a timeout. Rick Carlisle. I mean, I love Mark Jones. I've I really have nothing bad to say about Mark Jones, but the way he said Rick Carlisle was driving me nuts the whole game, and I don't know why. It's not really even wrong, right? It's just an accent yeah. over a certain part of the word, but he just kept saying Rick Carlisle. And yeah, I had a Rick couple. Carlisle. Rick if, Carlisle. I guess you always have to pay a price to have anything good in life, and <laughs> this is the price you have to pay in order for your team to be good. Is that a lot of these your games are on national TV? I just miss. Give me, give me harp and said. Just give me, give me them two before harp and said <laughs> together. No follow up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I, I love those guys, and I just. Gosh, this national these national broadcasts kill me. Yeah, a couple things, and I don't want to go down this route too far, but the whole Mark Jones talking about how 
hard Tim Hardaway and the conditions he was in in Miami. Oh, he was playing against Raja Bell and grown men and in a gym without air conditioning. Without air conditioning, I'm like, come on, bro. There's a lot of his dad. Conditions Tim Hardaway Jr.'s dad played in the league. It's not like he grew um, up. But <laughs> one of my favorite things was when and this is my, you, a lot of you might not have caught this, but Mark Jackson gave just a brief snippet into. Yeah, we got this rookie from Virginia that came up first game. His name was Rick Carlisle, and he he came in in his first game and put up his career high. (laughs) Thanks, Mark, for that information that you put up your career high in the only game that you played. His first game. Carlisle played his first game. (laughs) He put up his career high. Yeah, thanks, Mark Jackson, for that. (laughs) Also... Some people pushed back on this, but Mark Jackson, I posted the video. Mark Jackson said he played with Darrell Wright, and he never did. Their careers did not overlap. He said he played with with DeLon Wright's brother, Darrell Wright. He did not. He coached him in Golden State, but they did not ever play together. didn't play together. Dang. Uh, Mark Jackson did not know Ryan Brokoff's name, which I guess he can't really (laughs) – you can't really hold against him, but he is doing this game. I mean, you do have prep time. Like, you do have the rosters in front of you. But he said, how about this guy coming in? How about in? this guy right he did here John coming Gruden, in? Right? Like, how about this guy <laughs> coming in here? He is kind of the Gruden equivalent. Off the bench in the threes. Hand down, man down. <laughs> I never oh. thought about that. This is good. This is going to rack my brain the now. Gruden, compared to- <laughs> the Gruden of the NBA. <laughs> Oh, man. And he's about to get a new job. He's about to get the Knicks job and all that. Please, please give him the Knicks job. <laughs> but, okay, so Brokoff comes in. He drains <laughs> drains the first three. I mean, shouts to him. He's been He's been sitting for over two hours, and he gets put in. And, I mean, not warm at all. You know how hard it is for an NBA player to come in after not playing for over two hours and do something productive in a basketball game? Brokoff, you know, comes in, drains <laughs> – Drains the three on the run, which I was just blown away by. I mean, that's just what this dude does is hit threes. <laughs> I've never been more happy and, to have a co-host. Like and and then and then you know he gets fouled and he obviously he misses the third free throw. But I mean, if you've been sitting for over two hours, of course. Been, if you've been sitting that long. Oh uh, man. Some of a lot of our listeners are dying right now, and I think a lot of our new listeners are just completely lost as to why that's funny, but uh we'll, we'll hold it. Okay, is there I I watched a little bit, so I'm still in Kentucky. I'm with with my dad here in, in Kentucky. We watched the ending of the Heat Sixers game, then we watched this uh, Mavs game uh, against the Celtics. But at the end of that Philly uh, Heat game, you know, Duncan Robinson was, you know, he's still killing it for the Heat this season. What would be the pathway for Brokoff to be a Duncan Robinson in the league? Uh, Brokoff would have to have gone to Duke, right? Isn't that how it works? <laughs> no, Duncan Robinson went to Michigan. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just assumed that everyone did. Um, I think Brokoff should be playing over Justin Jackson. That's my hot take today. <laughs> Justin Jackson is is has been not good on defense. He had some really bad moments in this game. And yes, you are playing against Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, really good offensive wings. But I just, I would rather have Brokoff. He's going to try hard. He's going to be scrappy because he's Australian, and that's the only that's the only adjective we can use with Australian players is that they're scrappy. But he's a bucket. He can hit a three, and I would rather him play than Justin Jackson just get torched on defense. That's a take, man. 
Not really. I'm kind of proud of it. End of bench player should play over bench player. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Looking at the scope of it. Uh, But, yeah, that's my take. Brokoff comes in, hits a three. Uh, We joke about it, but, yeah, it was great. And then gets fouled on the – on the uh, the sh- the three point attempt and yeah heck yeah heck yeah Ryan Brokoff the accountant showing up for work crunching those numbers let's get some more shots for Rowdy B anybody else we want to bring up before someone tweets us and say hey you guys forgot to talk about this guy I mean Dwight Powell continues to be he got a tech he got a tech in this game when's the last time we saw Dwight Powell get a tech I know Dwight and Tim Hardaway. Um, I was going to say, continues to be a great teammate and just a good presence for the organization. So Mavs had 10 blocks. Maxi Kleba had three. Porzingis had at least three. Dorian and Dwight both had two. thought that was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, yeah. I mean, blocks, it felt like they were blocking shots left and right. But, yeah, I mean, just overall, they just didn't have – they couldn't hit you know the three when it mattered the most. And when it, I mean, they did shoot 34% uh, from three, but – for the first half, they were right in the game, and I think they just kind of ran out of juice, you know, help alongside Porzingis. They just needed – this was one of those games where you needed Luka to kind of take it over in the fourth, and nobody really could step up towards the end and do that. And, yeah, I mean, you really do rely a lot on Tim Hardaway right now, and yeah. when he's 4 of 17 from the field, it it hurts you a lot. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, they're 1-1 one one after Luka went down, right? I mean, was that – yeah. Well, if you want to count one. Miami – no, do we count Miami? I mean, he basically didn't play in the game. I I joked the other day that the Mavericks were <laughs> there. I think I I think that I mean he didn't play. He didn't play in the he barely, barely played in the game. He didn't even play two minutes. So so that okay. So Either they're one way. and two without Luca. I'm I'm counting it. One and two uh, with I don't like no I don't want to say that he didn't play in the game. Miami. I know, but the, because that's just a whole different strategy. No, I don't come wanna, on. You can adjust not, like that. I'm not counting. I'm going to give the Mavericks credit. Because Jalen Brunson didn't play the first two minutes of the first quarter. Changes you know how long game. it is to come off the bench after two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> but no. Not um, either way, I mean, we ne- we didn't set what a record would look like for you to be happy after, you know, let's just say over the next 10 games. Well, these Luka five games 10. against the, the top five Eastern Conference teams, like especially without Luka, like what would you – yeah, like what would you be happy about? I feel like without Luca, I think three? two wins. I think two wins I'd be happy with, to be honest. Okay, and they've got one got against one. the best team, mm-hmm. and you know you play a Raptors team coming up next week. I think uh, that you know you've already played before and you already beat them. So yeah, let's let's see how this plays out. Let's see Sixers what on happened. Friday, and then you have uh, a midday game at the Raptors on Sunday. Those are the next two. Okay. See what this Philly game looks like. I'm kind of bummed that Luca's not going to be a part of that to torch Ben Simmons, but oh well. You know, Philly just lost him, lost to Miami at home. They're going to be ready for that. That's uh, at Philly uh, for that game. So shout out to Ryan Brokoff who who quote who retweeted my tweet of his three point shot where I said it's tax season. Ryan Brokoff hits a three and look how happy Luca is on the bench. That's <laughs> it's tax season. He retweeted it. Shout out to Ryan Brokoff. I love that guy. I mean, literally, we sat in the locker room day and talked about what parenthood looks like right now, and just with one-year-olds and everything. It's it's fun. What the parenthood? The show with Lauren Graham? No, not the show. Oh, just sorry. raising a kid and keeping him alive. Oh, I have a dog. I went to the dog park today. Should we talk about that? 
All right, guys. Did you did you run into the lady that was at the press conference? Oh, he saved it for the end. Sources, according to our friends, uh, our friend Brad Townsend, friend of the pod, as well as wait, do we have a video? There's no way. Oh wait, this is Rick Carlisle at the press conference. He does this after every game. If you don't know. The coaches go into this room. He stands at a podium. He says a couple things. He takes questions. And then normally, during every home game, a couple people will come in and sit in the back row. And they're like season ticket holders or just you know VIP type people. And they get this experience to come in and see a press conference. Well, tonight something kind of crazy happened. I don't know if this is even it. I'm just going to play it. It was a tough night because the open shots we did have, you know, we were we were struggling to get them in, and uh, you know it was uh, it was tough stopping them. Why? Um, sorry. Why? Why? Well, when you're not scoring, and <laughs> no, is there more? No, that was it. That's all she posted. No. Dorothy Gentry. That's all she posted. <laughs> Oh, I'm so mad. You know how mad I am about this. I've been doing these, going to these press conferences for years, years now, and, been- and now I'm on vacation with family, and I'm, I miss this legend of a press conference. And <sighs> this is remarkable. Yes. Yeah, so, so from from Brad Townsend, a drunk lady barking out why during a coach press or definitely a first. Tim Cato, a very drunk fan who's somehow in the Carlisle press conference, just corrected him when he said the Mavericks didn't have a good game, saying, quote, it's not that you didn't have a good game. You had a great game. And you heard her. Why? Why? Like, you just don't have a conversation with Carlisle. It's incredible. Oh, man. It's so good. I wish there was more of that video. <laughs> Shout out to Dorothy Gentry, though. She has the video. A bunch of people will tweet it out, though, so you'll be able to see it. But, oh, man. That, that capped the night off. Like, that ended on a positive note. A yes, loss, yes. but hey, we got we got drunk lady that's upset and wants Carlisle to treat the team better. <laughs> somebody somebody find us who this was so we can get him on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. If you know who this is, absolutely. Find him. This was uh what's the last the last time we did this when we tried to get somebody on the podcast, it was somebody courtside. Anyway. It wasn't Don. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> So many inside jokes this pod. I apologize to all of our new listeners, but so I'm many done. things. If you're a diehard and you've listened to this pod for a while, you understand. So, guys, we'll be back tomorrow, right? We'll be back with a, a Friday pod going into the weekend. And, uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Why? Why?